So we got, um, I don't know, probably some 30-odd questions, but we're probably not going to get to all of them. Um, but we are definitely, I mean, we could. just depends how fast. Depends how fast we get to. So as many as possible. So we will do our absolute best. Um, the first question, we will start with a question for the female. Uh, what is something that draws a woman to a man, makes them, makes them stick out? Hmm. I mean, this is a good question. It definitely depends on the woman, obviously. Like, everyone's going to have different likes, interests, things that attract them. But I would say, in general, something that attracts a woman to a man is confidence, for sure. And not cockiness, but confidence in themselves. I think it's okay to have insecurities, but when a man is really insecure in themselves, it's not really attractive. Not saying like you can't fall in love with somebody who has insecurities, because we all have insecurities. But somebody who's confident in themselves. And as well with that, I would say, yeah, confidence and just kindness and chivalry still. I mean, at least for me, I know... A lot of things you want still you still want someone to open the door for you you still want those kinds of things that kind of go the extra mile set you apart from the rest also I want to I want to make clear that just because Josephine and I are the ones answering this question doesn't mean that that's the like a hundred percent truth it, obviously people some guys see things differently than I do and some some women will see things differently than Josephine does but uh, yeah. I'm gonna try to my best to think of like not just me but like what I've heard from my friends and conversations so our best ability. Uh, there were a lot more questions for females uh, than there were males, but there was still a good amount of, of questions for the guys. Um, so let's see. We could go to, we go to. That's a good question right there. Which one? That one? That's that first one right there. Oh, okay. Question for guys are how can a girl get your attention without coming off as thirsty? <laughs> And <laughs> it is a good question. Uh, and it's going to, it's going to vary. I, I will say, you know, most of the time it, most of the time it should, most of the time what we see and what we've always known is like, Hey man, you make the first move. Um, sometimes and oftentimes guys aren't great at getting hints, picking up on hints. So, uh, you could, I mean, there's a number of things you could do. I mean, if, you, if you're close with their, if you know their friends, you could, like, talk to their friends, see if peak any, peak any interest uh, as well, um, see, if, see if maybe that'd be a thing. They could maybe put a bug in their ear. Um, but also, depending on the guy, you could just straight up just be very just blunt with it, say, hey, I think you're attractive, and I would like you to take me out on a date. You don't have to take them out. I mean, they're still going to pay, right? I mean, it's what it is. Chivalry is not dead. I think that's one of the questions. Something about what? paying on the first date for a guy. Oh, it's a question for, for the females. Oh, what are I you, thought it was a question, question for, for the, the females. Guy. What are your expectations on a first date? That you pay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a basic. If it's going to be a date, there's got to be. There's another question on here. And I'm going to address it. What's the difference between a friend zone and pursuing somebody? If you are pursuing somebody, you should pay for their first date because you've got to have a differentiation between just being friends and pursuing them as a friend and a differentiation between I'm pursuing you romantically. And you're at the age where you're young adults where that's a mature way to handle things. Like, don't play the games. Don't be like, oh, I don't know if they like me or not. Like, be upfront 
and honest. And so I think that's thing. I think there's a big difference into saying we're just friends and then going on a lot of dates. I think at that point you're just dating. So put the label on it. Don't be afraid of the commitment. That's what I would say. But I don't have that same. Not you everyone has that two same. Two questions. Oh, yeah, I, we got a lot of questions to get okay. through. <laughs> so the expectation on a first date is that the guy pays. That's your only expectation. No, that's not the only expectation. I would say pick them up. Unless you're uncomfortable being alone for the first time in a car, then meet somewhere. I would say typically I would choose a public place for your first date because you don't know. People can be creepy. True. Guys and girls. I'm just, it's not just guys who and are creepy. Guys. Um, but I would choose a public place. And I think first dates are better if it's like got a set end. And then you can choose to expand it if you would like. But like a coffee date, that's a short thing. There's a, you need to get out a free card. Um, that's what I think for the first date if you don't really know them. So it's good. Something short, public, and they pay. Okay. And then it can lead if it's going well, you can keep going. Um okay. Now, I think this one this is a kind of question that came for both. Is for both male and female. But it, it the question is how important uh, are physical attributes? Height, hair, smile, age, etc. Stuff like that. How important is that? And I would say, like, starting off, like, you obviously have to be attracted to the individual. So, they're, like, people have a type. I know people that have lists. They're, like, they have to have this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, a part of that list are maybe non-negotiables. And if you're putting must be six feet as a non-negotiable, I think it's silly. But, hey, maybe that's you. Um, I, I think, though, that from the male's perspective, and I can only speak for myself and other people I've talked to about this, um, who are who are uh, married as well, but I think the the part of this is that um, the physical attractiveness is important, obviously at, at first, because if if you're not physically attracted to them, then you're not going to be willing to go on a date or, or anything like that. Like there has to be somewhat of physical attractiveness there. But what I've come to realize is it's completely not everything, because bodies body types will change over time, especially for for women after birth and you know, breastfeeding, like all the things, their body will change over time. And as they get older, things start to sag. That's just the truth of the matter. Okay. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, but if you are putting, if you're hinging everything on physical attractiveness, you like, you will find yourself very, very unhappy down the road. Um, and it's not to say that they're any less beautiful than they were from the first time you met them, but you're finding beauty in a whole lot of different areas. So, is it important at first? Yeah, I would say to be able to just get that, you know, get your foot in the door, go on a date and continue to like see what that can look like as in a relationship. But I've found, and I've only been married nine months, but I've found like it is definitely not that important to me as much as I may have thought beforehand. Um, and that that's from my perspective from the male's perspective. But Yeah, I would say it's some, pretty similar. I think that for... Like Caleb and I specifically, like I found him attractive when we first started dating, but I find him so much more attractive now. And I think for women, especially we, we feel connection through other ways that kind of enhances all the attraction in other areas. So even though he looks, I mean, he's grown, he's matured in his looks, but he looks relatively the same. I find him a lot more physically attractive because of the emotional connection. And then honestly, when you have sex, you just really connect to the person too. So Josephine will go there. I will go there. I mean, it does. I mean, that's for us at least it, it changes the game, I guess. Don't have sex till you're married, but 
that physical attraction does come with that as well because it's a physical intimate thing good good plug (laughs) um good plug to not have sex okay um okay so a question question for for men this this person submitted several um and I'm not going to answer all of them. Uh, what? How? How do we show our interest in you without seeming needy or awkward? Um, it's kind of like what I asked about before about being thirsty. Um, but I mean, it's really just being very, very direct. Um, and I know it can seem scary to to be direct, um, but it's honestly will play in your favor um, because it takes all the pressure off at once you get to that moment and and there's no questions as to what anybody thinks or feels but the other part of this which this is more of a challenge for the guys the single guys in the room because this one straight up says why are why are you so hesitant in asking one of us out fish don't want to be caught or fish don't want to be caught but we do uh, i think someone here wants to be asked out basically <laughs> saying there there's there's a woman female here and maybe they're not here tonight i mean i would hope so if they put the question in but that is tired of you men being so uh i don't know maybe cowards i don't know what word you want to use but to (laughs) and but but maybe it's just maybe it's just uh you have to you know think about hey maybe People, if you're gonna want to find a spouse that's gonna that's gonna pursue the Lord with you, this is the right place to do it. And maybe not exactly in this group. Maybe it's a different. Maybe it's a life group. Or from this group, we do have testimonies. It's good. We got you know Jonathan, Jonathan. and Destiny right here, and uh, Claire and Nathaniel. Claire and Nathaniel. Wow, it's just that yeah, it is. But not to say you have to come here just to find a spouse. But if it's gonna be anywhere, it might as well be where somewhere with church, right? Um, and it helps with all that. So. And there's a question about here, like, what do girls feel about, uh, where was that one? Cowardly guys, something like that. It was a big yeah. word, wasn't it? Whoever, someone put a lot of big words in their questions. Um, what do women think of a recreant man? Recreant. And that, recreant, that means cowardly. Have we looked it up? No, I knew that. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, and I think, I can't speak for all women, but most of the times it's just not, not what we want. You want someone who's confident. You want someone who, when you say, what do you want? Like, when they ask what you want for dinner, you want them to just choose, and you want it to be right, the right choice. <laughs> but, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you want, someone that's willing to take that risk and be confident. <laughs> so. And cowardly is just kind of goes into that insecurity. Kind of goes back into what I was talking about, being insecure. It's just, it's just not something that a lot of women are drawn to. I mean, some women I think are. I think there's some other levels to that if they are truly attracted to that. So to to kind of piggyback off that, um, this is a question for females, obviously. Somebody feels this way. Why do some girls play manipulative games and act confused in front of guys? Good question. Um, I think it totally depends on the female Um I think it's easy in our dating culture that that's kind of a normal thing to do. One thing I am so glad, the day I got married, I said, okay, I'm so glad I will never have to go through that talking phase again. Because I'm sorry for you that are still there. We're going to have those times. It's just so confusing. 
there's a lot of confusing ends on the women, a lot of confusing ends on the men, and you just don't know what's happening because you don't know what the other side is. And we just should just ask, but that's just scary to ask. So I think a lot of times, sometimes it could just be toxic. They don't know how to have a relationship. They don't understand. Maybe that's how their parents operated in manipulative ways, so they're learning that. Um, and then sometimes it's not intentional. It's just that confusing time of trying to figure out if you like them or not, or should I, it's like, are you mad at me? Like all those kinds of things. I think it's better to just have honesty and directness, I would yeah. say. Um, this question did, this question does say uh, for female, but I'm going to answer these uh, two as well, and she'll add in as well. But uh, just because I think that from a male's perspective, it's also important. This one right here that's highlighted. Uh, the first one is, should girls ever pay for dates? Uh, my opinion, no. Like, if you're taking them, if you're, if you're dating and you pursuing a relationship with them or you're in a relationship with them, no. I think that, now, if that's a decision that you guys made together, like, hey, I'll pick up this one, you pick up that one, cool, whatever. But, like, uh, for me, I'm just like, no, I got it. Like, I, I just think that that's my responsibility as a man like, uh, that's, that's dating. And I don't know if I think feel. the only thing time I've ever paid for a date is when it was for Caleb's birthday or, like, I surprised him with something. Those are the only times I ever paid for a date. So. Yeah. And then it followed up with, should girls, ever, should girls be allowed to have guy best friends after you're together? And this is a tricky one because I, I'll say straight up, no. Mainly because, like, why? Like, why does it matter? Why do you care if you have a guy best friend? Like, I, I have, like, you can have friends that are guys, but, like, your spouse or really not even before, before, before you're married, like if you're just in the dating phase and if you're in a relationship, they should be, you know, your best friend. That should be the relationship you, you're pouring into more than the guy that was in your life before. And you could make the argument, you know, oh, they're in the friend zone. Yeah, okay. But I could also make the argument that every guy in the friend zone wants to be out of the friend zone. So I don't, it, it's less about trusting you as an individual, but probably just the fact that you can't trust the, the guy. Um, because I'm, I'm a dude, like I get it just cause there's a goalie doesn't mean you can't score type of thing. Like that is a very real, <laughs> I'm serious. Hey, I had a life before Jesus. Okay. And it's a very real mindset that takes place, especially in the young adult age, especially on college campuses and, and just in general. Yeah. And I would say it goes both ways. I don't think you should have a close friend. That's the opposite gender uh, opposite sex um I've I have um some friends who he had a girl best friend and thought they were totally just friends it came out later she was head over heels for him and so you would th you think you just don't know really where that person is and I think it's kind of like what you said like why I would question why you're holding on to that um why you're hiding that why what are you going to them that best friend that you can't go and get from your the person you're with, I think that's really important. Um, I would, yeah, I would really challenge the reason why someone would want to continue a relationship like that. Josephine, why or what do you think are the biggest challenges men face from your perspective? Well, I mean, we talked about 
paying for the first date and the chivalry of opening the door and taking responsibility. I mean, the Bible talks about how the man takes the responsibility of the household. And so I don't want that responsibility. That seems like a lot of work. So <laughs> I think that's a big challenge for them. <laughs> um, so I would say that that's, that's a challenge. So I think when we talk about these conversations of, of men paying for the day, opening doors, acting out of self selflessness, the girl has to be able to see that and respect that and see that that's a challenge um, while we have high expectations, but but understanding where the guy is in that situation. I think that, um, and then also just that I believe that the guy should pursue the woman and that's a big challenge. So um, I recognize that and I would encourage women to see that as well and recognize when somebody does ask you out, even if you don't like them, being very kind to them when you're letting them down because that's a big step. Um, and then, sorry, I just saw a question that popped up. Um, what was the second part? And what was the hardest thing about women? Oh, hold on a second. I'm a, we're going to jump gonna to answer. that. Okay, how do I tell a girl she's cute without being direct? I would question why are you not trying to be direct? Just tell her she's cute. Everything but we've there said is, is a different question. Another question on here was how, like, something about how do I tell a girl about, how do girls feel about accepting compliments on their physical oh, attributes? Yeah. That was a question. And I think it's important to not be creepy and to not go up to a girl. Okay, how much do you like random compliments from people you don't know that well? How much does that change if the question addresses physical or character beauty? So I would say with that, be direct. If you actually think the girl's cute and you see you want to be with her, I would tell her you're, she's cute. If you do not have any interest in her, you don't need to tell her she's cute. That's going to make it confusing for her. So if you have no interest, I would not comment on her physical attractiveness if you are not planning on pursuing that relationship. Um, but if you are, just tell her straight up. But don't be weird and don't be creepy. One time, okay, I'll tell you. Can I tell this quick story? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I was at college once, and I went to Cedarville University. And if you don't know anything about Cedarville, it's a super private um, Christian, like, really conservative school. And so I got a mess letter in my mailbox right before Christmas break, a letter, and it was addressed from a servant of God. And it literally was this awkward letter, and it was talking about how I was, you know, attractive and had these qualities, said I was athletic, so this person did not know me at all. And we just played on the same Ultimate Frisbee team. I found out who it was later. Um, talked about how Jesus was, it was like around Christmas time, so you know, he said some weird things about Jesus, um, saying he was like a smooth baby wrapped in like cloths. It was weird. That was creepy, so don't do that. <laughs> so that's what not to do, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, <laughs> he took the L on that one. This, uh, this, this next question um, could go could go either way. Uh, what if you have anxiety about talking to men? Is the question. But it could it could go either way. It could go to the women. What if you have anxiety about talking to men, or if you if your guy talking about or talking to women and you and you have anxiety? Um, I would just take it back to the biblical principle. Like Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And if if it's not in His plan for you to be together, then it won't work out and that's okay. Like I think a lot of times we 
we're so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of rejection that we hold back. But one thing that I tell my team often at Pendleton campus is I, I say, hey, failure isn't an option. It's a requirement. Because if we're not failing, then we aren't learning. So you could, you could in either way, just talking, uh, talking to, to a guy, talking to a girl, you can have that conversation and it could be very awkward. It could feel very, very awkward for you. But chances are it's probably not as awkward as you think for the other person. You're just overthinking a lot. And there are times where it could be awkward for the other person. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But what are you, what are you fearful of? Because God hasn't called us to a life of fear. And so you have nothing to fear. It's either going to work out or it doesn't. And then you're going to move on and you're going to learn from that situation and how to be better in the next one. Yeah. I think there's also a difference between like real anxiety and just like kind of those butterflies, like those nervousness and um, nervous feelings when you get ready to talk to somebody and you just kind of have to work through it. But I can tell you, if you're nervous about awkward situations, they're going to happen and if you're with the right person, it's just, you're going to laugh about it later. I've got many an awkward stories, and Caleb and I are still going strong. So. Um, how to turn down a guy, but not hurt his feelings. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You have to be, you have to have to be direct and not leave the door open. Yes. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Like we, Ross said, guys can't take on the hit. So if you leave any and I mean any door open, that guy will be like, okay, so it's a maybe. Yeah. Like, you have to be direct and clear, but very gracious. And um, not, you know, not be too harsh or aggressive, but be clear with them where you stand. And you don't need to tell them all the reasons why you are turning them down. Yeah. And... And uh, just be honest, one thing. I A lot of times... A lot of times guys, you know, I've heard stories where guys are, they'll get turned down and then they'll just be like, but I know they weren't being honest because like they could, they could just tell that like there was just that feeling the discernment maybe of the fact that they weren't being completely honest in the situation. And I would just say the more honest you are with them, then the better. Uh, it's not going to like worst case, there's going to be that rejection and then they're going to learn from it. Now there are oftentimes I'm not going to say a whole lot, but there I've heard times of guys who have been turned down and then they'll continue to pursue and, and they'll, and then, and then it gets weird. And ultimately at that point, then you bring in somebody generally probably a trusted, like a trusted guy that is in your life to be able to help talk to that guy. Be like, Hey dude, like she, she tried to tell you once and twice and now you're not listening. Like she's not interested in you, in you this way. And you just have to respect that. Um, and, and then maybe they'll move churches. I don't know. <laughs> um, but just, just an option there for you. Um, what? Yes, Pastor Nathan. Yes, you want to hear? Pastor Nathan went after Christina like nine times or something. She turned him down eight, eight, like, eight or nine times. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, yeah, the, there's, there's part of it where... There's, it's not, it's not my story to tell, but there's a lot more information to it that could help bring clarity to it. So you can ask him about that. Oh, okay. So then why are you asking me? Because I want to prove you wrong. 
That's not proving me wrong. If she felt uncomfortable, then she would have said that. I don't know. Anyways, um, deceitful. What are some warning signs when a woman is acting deceitful? I think you have to kind of not creepily observe them in their circle, like who they're talking to um, outside of talking to you, because that's when you'll catch a lot of things. And I think once you're dating somebody, it's a little bit easier to catch those things, how they're talking to their parents, how they're talking to their friends. And you can see if what, how they act around you is totally different because then that's being deceitful. Um, other warning signs, I would say some like, these are, I guess, are examples for if you're already dating, if they're like really hi- trying to hide what they're doing on their phone, not saying you have to give them full access, but like if you have your, their, if you like look over and they like are really quickly to turn their phone away, um, things that would be like red flags of maybe they're living not what they're telling you they are. Um, that's what I would say. Just see how they really interact because someone can show you what they what they want you to see for only for so long, but especially in that beginning stage to see how they're acting around, not with you, but other groups. That's good. Um, this one is for both. Uh, how would you prefer your partner to tell you about past sexual sin or experience in that? And then, how, uh, what's the easiest way to navigate through this? Um, ultimately, I think it, it starts with, you know, honesty is obviously going to be a core part of all this. Honesty and openness is going to be a, a big factor in it. Um, now, if they're coming to you and they're sharing it with you, uh, then obviously look at them through, through the lens with grace, obviously. It took a lot for them to get there. And if you're on the other end of that, um, then and you're, it's your job to tell them, then obviously it's not going to be a first date conversation. Um, it's, it's not necessary for that. I think, you know, after you've gone on a few dates and you kind of realize, I would like to pursue this more, then I think being honest and open about it as soon as possible. And maybe it's not dropping it all at once. Um, maybe, maybe it's, you know, things here and there. Um, but I, I can speak just from myself. Like, as I said earlier, I had, I had a life before Jesus where there was a lot of sexual sin, a lot of experiences that I faced through high school and college that, uh, that ultimately brought, on a lot of uh, a lot of warfare, like I opened the doors to to the, to the spirit to the demonic in, in many ways through that. And um, when I started dating my wife, I had to figure out how am I how am I going to tell her? Now I had a uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, when, oh, frick, I don't know the word. I can't even explain it. But I had a uh, people knew about me, like. Reputation. Look at that. Taylor Swift. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just went there. Uh, anyways, I had a reputation, and, and my, my wife knew of me because of my reputation in high school, but we didn't know each other at all. And then here we are 10, uh, 10 years down the road, and we're, we finally, like, connect. And so she already, in her mind, had already had this idea of who I was. Um, but at that time I I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. My life was completely different. Um, 
And it's also understanding, like, for me, I just had to realize, you know, am I going to have shame in this or am I going to allow God to use it to share testimony of his goodness, of his faithfulness in my life? And once I got over the shame, it was a lot easier to share with, um, to share with her and then, and then others as well. So there's definitely, uh, it has to be handled with care, um, and, uh, you know, fragile in that because you can't, you can't decide how the other person is going to respond. Uh, and to be quite honest, uh, full transparency, when I shared, like, uh, my wife did not respond like bad in like a, a rude way, but like in, in that moment, it kind of broke her. Like she was, she was very hurt. Um, not because I did anything to her, just because of now she has to deal with the fact of when it comes to navigating it, she has to overcome the, the voice of the enemy of comparison of this and that, no matter what it is. And I have to be uh, cognizant of that as well and allow grace and that series and, and that uh, way of life as well. So it's uh it's definitely a, a harder topic to come across, um, but it is an important one, especially before you're engaged. Um, and, and especially a hundred percent better be before you're married, but um, definitely before you're engaged, before you're even talking about getting married, those are conversations you should have. And it's not just with partners, past partners, but also sexual sin, whether it's pornography or lust, whatever it may be, those are all things that you need to have conversations about um, and navigate with it together. And if they respond, they're like, hey, I appreciate your honesty, but I don't, I can't foresee this going any further because of it, then you just have to accept it and give it up, give it up to the Lord. And it's hard, but uh, he's got the right one for you in that case. So you have anything you want to add? I don't think so. I think like you said, for me, it wouldn't be like a first date conversation, but when you are serious about pursuing something more, pursuing marriage and those conversations, it does need to happen before then. Also, so you can just be aware um, and cognizant of boundaries you need to place in your dating and engaged life before you get there. Um, I know that those conversations came up for us in, um, in some capacities. Um, so just make sure that you're not crossing a boundary and going back on the growth that that person has made. So, um, a couple of things that are little, maybe more rated are this one, just kind of, this one's kind of, this was kind of funny. <laughs> Honestly, it probably was Bronson. I Bronson was going to put way more stuff in here. This, this one, this one is, is, uh, for, uh, females actually. Um, and this is obviously in the context of marriage. Um, just it says, saying it says, in marriage. it says in marriage, um, does, does size matter and should men, <laughs> and should men be worried? Um, here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> um, so I have never been with anybody besides Caleb. So to me, if you've been with someone who's never had sex before, you don't know anything different. Okay, you figure it out. Uh, I think the biggest thing about sex is open communication constantly. Um, and so if things aren't working, Caleb's not here, so I feel like I can tell this story. His okay. sisters are in the room, though. Um, the first week we were married, okay, and here's something I'll tell you. It doesn't always go smoothly the first time. I thought it was too big, <laughs> and I cried a lot here the we first are. week. But well, you went it was there. fine. Size doesn't matter, I don't think. I think... You're there. You can. 
you're committing to that person and you're going to figure it out. Goodness gracious. So, sorry. <laughs> well done, Caleb. I don't think you should be worried is the question, answer. Um, I don't think you to, should be worried. To Josephine's point, if, if, you, uh, if you're not, like if you're pure up to marriage, then there's not going to be anything. And if you find, for men, if you find a wife who's pure up to marriage, like Josephine said, you're not going to know any difference, so there's not going to be anything to be worried about. But for sure, things are awkward at first when you get in marriage, like honeymoon, like all that stuff. It's awkward, and it's open like communication is, is very important. What are you watching? <laughs> I don't mean like that. I just meant <laughs> that is not what I meant. She said it's not like it is on TV. I meant like that idea that you get married and then your honeymoon and then it's just all bliss and you don't oh, have any okay. awkward moments. All right. And Good save. Anyway, that's not what I meant. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Uh, this is recorded, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Um, they want to hear funniest dating oh, fail stories. Uh, you can go first because okay. I well, think. As you can tell, I'm an awkward person, and I was really sheltered. Like, growing up. And so I went to a public high school, though, and I had my... Well, I don't know what to tell. I'll tell. Okay. I had a boyfriend in my senior year of high school, and we were dating for a while, and we shouldn't have gotten into the relationship. We were kind of pressured by our friends, like, hey, you should, you would be good together, and we just kind of continued the relationship. And it was New Year's Eve, and we had never kissed before. And so he... And we had talked about it before, and I was like, yeah, I like, that'll be fine, like whatever, we'll kiss. It's New Year's Eve. It was just me and then him and like our other, uh, just one other couple friend. And he went in to kiss me on New Year's Eve and I turned my head um, real quick. And I didn't realize what was happening. I like thought I was ready, but I realized I wasn't ready. And so I apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know why I did that. He went in again and I did the exact same thing. <laughs> 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 I don't remember. It was, like, dark. It was, like, it was all, like, so quick. Then I went to the bathroom, and I cried, and we broke up, like, a week later. Because um, then I realized I didn't actually find him attractive. But it took him going in for the kiss for me to realize that. So that was awkward and embarrassing, and it was definitely a fail. So, yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I do not know. Because I don't have a hiding thing. I'm sitting here trying to think, and I'm like, I don't know if I have any funny dating fails. I had a lot of fails, but they're not funny. Huh? I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Um, uh, dating fails, yeah, 100%. There, there was... There was a time where it's like the classic. I genuinely, like, I was like, hey, you know, it was, what was it, like a uh, couple weeks after prom, whatever, high school. I'm like, hey, let's go out. I don't even remember where we went. It was Hamilton Town Center. Uh, there was not as much stuff as there was at the time, or that is there now. Um, and I was sitting there, and so we order all this stuff. And Oh, it was Hulands, I think it was. And... I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do this. Anyways, lo, lo and behold, I leave. I left my wallet at home. 
So then I had to figure out how am I going to, you know, tell her. So I go up to the to to my waiter and I say, "Hey, can I come back later and pay for this and just act like I didn't just leave my wallet at home?" And he didn't trust me, obviously, because he was like, "Oh, I need your ID," and I was like, "Well, it's in my wallet, which I don't have." So uh, here we are. That's probably like a fail for sure. Then I had to go tell her, um, and she didn't text me back after that. <laughs> so, but I was like, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, and then her ex-boyfriend came to my house like three days later and was like, I heard you were trying to take out my girl. I was like, first off, this is your ex-girlfriend. Secondly, yes. <laughs> and it was, lit- it was a first date, so it wasn't like anything crazy, but yeah, it was definitely awkward, um, for me and big uh, failure on my part. So, uh, for guys, when you say you were thinking about nothing, is that actually true? Yeah, I mean, any guy in here could say that. No, it's true. It's a hundred percent true. We can legit just we can we can legit just stare off. We could be sitting down, literally TV could be on, and I could I could legit be staring off and not even think about the show. I could legit just be staring, be like nothing. No, I swear. A hundred percent. It's not that we never think about anything. It's just that there are times that we generally think about nothing. Someone at the marriage conference, they talked about this, and they said it's like putting you on screensaver mode, like when, you're, when yeah. your computer falls That's asleep. good way to look at it. Um, so best, there's the question, what's the best way to show love? I think this could apply to both because it, it's different for, for men and women. I think it totally depends on the person you're trying to show love. If you've ever heard of like the five love languages, there's there's different ways people want to feel love, whether that's um, gifts of, like gifts, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation. Um, so it just totally depends on that person, and it's really cool to learn what that. Per- it's important for you to learn what that person likes to experience love. I think we also talk about showing respect, like guys really, there's another book called Love and Respect that goes into that. Guys feel love by respecting, like seeing, seeking respect. And um, so it's hard to tell, like there's not like a one answer because the way I feel love is and want to be shown love is very different than Caleb wants to be shown love. Typically you don't find, you don't get, typically you don't get married to a person who has the same love languages as you. I think there's also importance to know that there's a difference People have a different way of feeling love than they show love. So some people love to give gifts, but that's not how they want to receive love. So finding those little nuances, that's how what I would say. I don't know if there's anything different for you. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, there's five love languages. You got to talk about love and respect. These are all books. Uh, his needs, her needs. Guys have different needs than, than uh, females. Um, and there's a lot of, ways that generally that there's 10 emotional needs generally the top there's five that are top for men and the other five are for women it's not a coincidence that they're different you know opposites do attract in that capacity Um, and then a lot of it's just figuring out how to love that individual that way 
Um, and it's just practice. You, you, you have to literally, it's, it's training essentially. And every day is, is a, is a practice and you just have to figure out how to, because, um, like for instance, mine is admiration, um, admiration, words of affirmation, stuff like that. And my wife is, she's not good with words and it's nothing against her. She, she just doesn't know how to put thoughts into words a lot of the time. So for me, uh, she has, so for her, she has to practice basically every day and try to, uh, learn that love language and learn that behavior. Uh, if she, you know, and she wants to, but, uh, like love me well, essentially. Um, so learning it is potentially a possibility that you might have to figure out and you might have to do. And over time, uh, whether you're single dating in a relationship, uh, engaged, married, and been married for a while, like down the road, uh, though they will change over time as, seasons change then also your love languages could very well change and your needs will also change as well so just something to keep in mind yeah um there's a few questions about your biggest turnoffs or big red flags you want to go ahead and answer that from turnoffs tricky because you know a lot of people will hear that and think it like from a from a sexual intimacy standpoint um but i think it's just like turnoffs red flags we're gonna loop those together um because uh, there are a lot of singular dating people in here, um, and it's not necessary for the fullest extent to get all into turnoffs or anything. But I would say um, for me, and I can only speak for me, and, and some guys in here may see this completely differently, um, but for me, uh, I'm, I do not, like, I love loyalty. So if I recognize that you gossip, or you're in the drama all the time, that is a complete, like, I don't want any part in that kind of thing. I just don't want to be in that mess. Um, and because if you're going to do that for people who you call friends or best friends, like, how are you going to respond when I do something to mess up? Because I will, inevitably, and we will. Um, I just don't, like, gossiping, stuff like that. Like, that is big red flag to me. I'm like, yeah, you need to mature a little bit, and uh, we can talk in five years type of thing. Um and, and, and then, you know, maybe an, another area is, um, how, how you, how you communicate, um, not to, to me, but to yourself, like speaking words of life, speaking words of death, because power of death and life are in the tongue. So if I recognize that all you do is speak death over yourself or those around you, I don't want any part in that because I don't want death spoken over me. And if you're potentially going to be my bride, then I don't want you speaking death over yourself because we will become one flesh. And in turn, you're, you're going to invite all that negativity, all the, uh, the death into our house. And I don't, I don't want that either. So I look in it at a lens before I was married and before I was engaged, any of that, I was looked at it from a lens of, of how will this, if this relationship goes further, how will it impact me? Uh, you know, if we get married type of thing. So I would say for women, at least just from my perspective, um, we talked about confidence. Another thing that goes with that is maturity. So immaturity in a guy is what I would consider a red flag. And something that's talked about like age, when we were talking about physical attributes, I think age 
is associated with maturity, but you could have somebody who's younger than you that's more mature. You could have someone who's older than you that's really immature. So I don't think that's like the biggest deal. I think you're just looking at maturity and to me, immaturity is a big red flag. Um, Cause you want someone you're supposed to be, if you're dating for with the purpose of marriage, you want someone who's going to be mature and leading your household. And so I, that's what I see. I see a lot of immaturity um, as a red flag. Yeah. Good. So maybe it's more People are hearing that. <laughs> she, mm-hmm, too much. All right, two questions left. This one for guys. Um, this is very simple. Um, but, huh? um, all right, this one is just for guys, uh, and it could be for both, I guess, technically. Um, it's just a funny one, I guess. Should you circumcise your sons? Um, <laughs> I, I'm... I'm going to say yeah, because that's my opinion. I, yeah, do it. <laughs> it's not going to impact me. <laughs> it won't impact me. I know that for sure. Only a few more questions. So we still have some time. So if there are any other questions you want us to ask, or if we missed your question, you can still hit the QR code. Um, Okay, the next question, is it proper for women to wear only leggings in public? Now, I say if we take that literally, wear a shirt, wear shoes, those kinds of things. If you're talking about leggings in the sense of, like, not covering your butt in leggings, which I'm assuming is what that question's asking, I think it totally depends on, I don't think there's, like, a blanket answer, yes or no. Uh, I think it's what is your reasoning, um, where is your heart and your modesty? I think modesty is different for every person. Like, I can't sit here and tell you, like, the rules of modesty and what that looks like. Um, that has to be a conversation that you have. Um, I don't know. That's what I would say. I would say it just kind of depends on the situation and, and the reasoning behind. If you're doing it because you think you look good and you're trying to show off, I would question where your heart is behind it. If you're just throwing on an outfit, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I would just echo off that. It's just, you know, for not to, uh, you don't want to cause your brother to stumble. You don't want to cause your sister to stumble. So in that same respect, it's modesty in that whole thing. Um, Because you don't want to cause your brother in Christ to stumble because you decided you wanted your butt look good that day. uh, And you wanted people to see it. Um, I mean, that's just, it happens in our, in our culture. Uh, It's, that is what culture is all about. Um, and uh, it's just something to protect yourself against, and then also, you know, the, the guys. So, well, and modesty in every culture is so different. So, like in Islamic cultures, it's full on, you know, burqas and things that like cover your whole body. And then in Europe, they have nude beaches. So it's like every culture is so different. So that's why you can't like put a blanket set of rules. It's just kind of where you're at. Why do women send signals instead of just being honest and upfront? I think. If we're talking about before you start dating and they're trying to send signals that they like you, a lot of women want to be pursued. And so they don't want to be the person who makes the first move. They don't want to be the person that says, like, hey, I like you. Like Ross said, I mean, you can. You can tell someone that you like them and they w- that you want them to take you out on a date. But I think the desire for women and what naturally wired is we want to be pursued. So I think that's why women would send signals. Um, I think people should be honest and upfront, but I think it's that idea of just wanting, not wanting, wanting to not have to say anything for a guy to see that the guy actually likes them and not like 
you tell them that you like them and then they're like, oh, maybe I'll go out on a date with her because she said she liked me. They want to be able to know that you liked them as well and you're pursuing that. Last question for the ladies. And this is definitely going to vary because I already know uh, Josephine's answer. But how much money per month is spent on cosmetics? Nails, makeup, etc. I don't particularly spend a ton of money on cosmetics. It's just also just not where we're at in our season of life that... Those are the extra things we spend on. But I'll give you some numbers. Um, typically, if girls do get their nails done, it's about once a month, and it's like 45 to $90. That's cheap. Depending, That's cheap. depending on what you're getting. If you're getting gel, That's if you're getting gel alley. nail polish, it's like 45 If you're getting acrylics, it's like 90 to 100 And then you have to tip on top of that. So that's like pre-tip price. It's in the alley over here. In, in Hamilton County... In Hamilton County, it's about there. Um, and then I'll say this, like, to get your hair done, I get my hair done. I don't do it anymore because it's just so expensive. But to get highlights, it's like $200 now to get your hair done. And if you're keeping up with it, you're getting it done every other month. Um, makeup, your products, for one product, it ranges from, like, $10 to $50, depending on what it is, how I end. Yeah, because there's, like, different levels. You can have drugstore makeup. You can have high-end makeup. Um that's shampoo, wild. like if you have sh- nicer shampoos and conditioners, that's more expensive. So it just totally depends on what that woman spends and how much money they put in. I personally don't spend as much per month. I would say if you're getting your nails done, you're consistently having a full makeup supply, getting your hair done, you probably spend about $300 a month on all those things. If you're doing all that's of wild. those things every month, and you're not typically I, doing all those things every month. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, crazy. Okay. And guys spend, I'm an, I'm an anomaly. You can't ask me. I'm an anomaly, but my, uh, my, my wife's aunt is a hairdresser. So she does her hair all the time for free. So never have to pay for that. So, but I, I have a barber that I go to, um, and you pay for the, the time. So 30 minutes or an hour. And it's 80 bucks an hour. But it's beard. It's like the full barber experience. And it's crazy. Um, well, you can go to Great Clips and spend 20 Or you can do it. Caleb doesn't have his mom cut his hair. Either way. Uh, so, But I, I balance it by saying, hey, every time I'm in there, I, I have conversations just around scripture, around, around God, around what that looks like. And with my barber. And everybody that's in there gets to hear the conversation because he's, he's a believer. He's the owner. And uh, so we just get to talk about Jesus the whole time hour that I'm in there, and then everybody else gets to listen. And so for me, I'll pay 80 bucks plus tip to be able to talk about Jesus and other people over here type of thing. So pays off. Um, yeah, that's all the questions we had. Any have Anybody have from the, from the crowd questions? that wants to ask anything? Last minute, we'll be on our way. Lord God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunities, Lord, that we get uh, to come and worship you, to honor you. And I just pray, Lord, as we go uh, tonight that, that we will walk away with greater understanding of, uh, of the opposite sex and where they sit, Lord. And as more questions come up, God, I just pray that we will take them to you uh, first and, and to trusted individuals to, to answer those questions for us. And I just pray that you'll continue to do a work, continue to, uh, to bring fresh winds and, and revival to this generation, Father, that I see week in, week out, pursuing you, wanting more, hungry, desiring after you and what you have for them, Lord Jesus. May we submit 
uh, to you. May we surrender all our desires to you and trust in your plan for our lives. It's in your mighty name we pray.